In this episode, we're talking about using music in the language classroom. Why is it useful? What do we do with it? Where do we find it? Lots to get into. So let's jump in. Are you a language teacher looking for some reassurance that what you're doing in the classroom is on the right track? Or maybe you're looking for some ways to teach even more effectively. If you're one or the other or somewhere in between, you've landed in the right place. This is the World Language Classroom Podcast with your host, me, Joshua Cabral. You're about to get tips, tools, and resources so that your students continue to rise in proficiency and communicate with confidence. Let's jump in. Vamos, allons-y. Hello, my friends. Bonjour, mes amis. Hola, mis amigos. Welcome to the World Language Classroom Podcast. I'm Joshua Cabral, and I want to, as always, thank you so much for being here. Because you take the time at least once a week, hopefully you're listening to multiple episodes, but you take the time at least once a week to listen to what teachers are doing in their classrooms. So you can think about what you're doing, maybe change something, be reassured that you're on the right track. So the simple fact that you're doing that, I just want to say thank you on behalf of your students and your colleagues, and it's great to have you here. While I have your attention, real quickly, if you could look down at the app you're on right now and make sure that you press follow or subscribe, you know, whatever it's asking you to do to make sure that every Monday you have these episodes downloaded right to your phone so you are ready to go. And while you're there, you might want to leave a rating and just, you know, say how the podcast is going, because the more you do that, the more teachers will be able to hear this podcast. Okay. Now, this topic, this is such a fun topic. It's all about music today and how we're using music in the classroom. You know, sort of what's the value of it? You know, is it kind of, is there one way to do music? Are there multiple ways and reasons and culture? It's such a useful tool in the classroom. And to help us wrap our brains around all these possibilities and what we can do, we are joined today by Allison Weinhold. Now, Allison, uh, she's a person I go back a couple of years with, sort of in the virtual world. Uh, she is a Spanish teacher in Iowa. She's been teaching going on about 10 years. Uh, she's been teaching typically in a department of one. I mean, she's teaching as the only Spanish teacher in her school, teaching like all the levels from one through four. So she has a pretty good handle on what's going on. And in addition to that, she's also involved in her state uh, language organization in Iowa, IWLA, where she is actually one of their, or was one of their executive board members. She's still on the board, but she's a past president. So she is very involved in the language community. You might know her on social media as Mis Clases Locas. So welcome on in, Allison. It is so wonderful to have you here with us today. Hello, Joshua. Thank you so much for having me. I love listening to podcasts, and I'm so honored to um, be able to share something that I love talking about. Um, actually, my first conference presentation ever was about using music in the classroom back in 2014 at IWA. So I, yeah, thank you so much for having me. I was just thinking that with your state language association, IWLA, I was actually, thanks to your invitation, I was able to present virtually 
Uh, thanks to the world of COVID that has made us go virtual. It's one of those, you know, let's make some, take the lemons and make some lemonade out of it. I was able to present at your state organization this year. So thank you very much for that invitation. Um, and thank you for presenting. I am so grateful to everyone who was able to present and the ability just to connect with each other and all help support each other during this different time of teaching. So I would appreciate it if you could just uh Fill in a couple of the, the details uh, about the Allison Weinhold adventure in teaching. How did you come to teaching and what drew you to Spanish in particular? Honestly, I, teaching just kind of, I wasn't somebody who grew up, oh, I'm going to be a teacher. It just kind of happened. I knew I wanted to do Spanish when I went into college after um, starting in middle school, um, took Spanish. I had done some traveling actually with a program called Camp Adventure and realized I really had um, a love of languages and I wanted to teach languages and um, yeah, started teaching in Iowa. And I've always been my own department, which I know is different. And so my experience has been unique in that aspect that I've been able to try whatever I want um, as the only person and also to adapt that through all levels. So to be able to use similar activities across all levels and to be able to make it um, easier for those teachers who do have many, many preps. Yeah, it's interesting to look at that that concept of this isn't just a level two activity or a level one activity, but how you can take an activity and modify the prompt so you can use it at multiple levels. I mean, that was sort of the story of your life. Absolutely. If, I mean, if I can use it, I want to use every activity in more than one class, if possible, to, um, you know, save sanity. So now let's jump into this topic of music. And students love music, teachers love music. So let's talk about the value of music in the classroom before we get into the, the nuts and bolts of how to use it. Like, why, why is it valuable in the language classroom? I think one of the biggest things for me was I came in you know, young teacher, didn't have a real curriculum. I was just given this old textbook. And something I started doing was showing authentic music videos. And it was the one thing that the students really enjoyed every week coming to school and having a song of the week. I really enjoyed it. And so I started realizing how many different things you could do uh, with songs and with dance uh, to make students excited to come to class, to make me excited to come to class. And um, also just to be able to really include, you know, authentic current resources um, that show the diversity of the people who speak the language you teach. And I think that's um, what's really great about music is it connects people, but also it connects students outside of the classroom. If you can get them hooked on a song, on an artist, on a playlist, they're listening to that. They're adding it to the playlist for the basketball team warm-up. And so now the whole school is listening to songs in the target language, which is the goal. Yeah, I remember the the first time I was chaperoning a seventh and eighth grade dance, and suddenly I heard one of the songs come on that we had used in our classroom because the students loved it so much, they found it for the GJ to play so everyone could hear it. Yes. In my first year teaching, actually, they wanted, uh, they, I, we had done this dance to Danza Kuduro, Don Omar, and they wanted me to teach the entire school the dance so they could do it at like the volleyball regional game. And mm -hmm. so suddenly I was on the stage in the gym teaching the entire school this dance so they could do it um, at a game. Yeah. So it's 
it seems that you've found really different ways to to use music and make it very flexible in the classroom. So can you, you know, talk us through some of the the different ways that, you know, rather than just sort of play a song and appreciate it, like what are some of those things that you're doing with a song? So I think um, from talking to other teachers, I mean, obviously I've had a lot more freedom. And so I've come up with a lot of quick wins of ways that people who don't have as much freedom in their curriculum, um, ways like playing music during passing time or having it as a class starter a certain day of the week. And so you do a song on a certain day with discussion. Or that, especially if you have longer classes, that you have it scheduled in as a brain break, whether it's a song you're listening to or a song you're all dancing to. Or also it could be a reward um, at the end of class or on those special short days as well. But then moving on further, um, you know, the fact that I had mentioned before that you could use one song across levels. So the fact when I do those class starters, I always used the same song in every single class. And so that was the song of the school. So that was nice, too, that the kids, we would do different activities or discussion, but kids in Spanish 1 could talk to kids in Spanish 4 about similar music. They could still um, discuss with each other. Um, going even deeper, I mean, you can do entire um, full units based on songs. Um, Kara Jacobs, um, her blog taught me, she has all these great ready-made units where you can do entire, you know, the song is your curriculum for a week or two where you're doing things, not just with the lyrics, but with the story of the video, with deeper cultural connections. And there's so many things that you can do, um, depending if you have a little bit of time or if you have a lot of time to be able to devote to your music. So a couple of the things you mentioned, uh, using it as a class starter. So if I'm a student walking into your class and you're using a song as a starter to the class, what am I doing as a student in that situation? And so that can depend on what you want as a teacher, what you need. For some people, it's just that that's the music coming in and that's while they're getting their things out for the day. There's the posted things they're supposed to be doing and maybe they are just enjoying the song. Or maybe they have a couple tasks with the song. And usually as they're coming in, the song plays once, but then once the bell rings and everyone's together, play it again with maybe a task that you're doing with the song. They're listening for a certain thing. They are um, going to be discussing something about it. Um, but it just depends on what the goals are. Um, and sometimes those songs can be a part of not just a starter, but I've had a lot of success using music brackets where students are listening to two different songs and voting who moves on, or maybe listening to each day of Hispanic Heritage Month, listening to a song from a different Spanish-speaking country so that they're getting intentional representation of um, the diverse peoples who speak that language. Um, or it could be um, for lots of other, especially for intentional representation, it could be for Women's History Month and you're just focusing on women. It could be um, you're just wanting to highlight Afro-Latinx. You're just wanting to highlight indigenous voices. Um, but I think that's a really great way to really be intentional about um, including diverse voices into your classroom. Mm -hmm. And you talked a little bit about using it sometimes as an entire unit. So in that case, and just, you know, pulling from your own personal experience with songs, have you sort of done units that had a particular theme and you found music that really spoke to it? 
Or are you thinking more, you had a song that was so sort of robust that you could create an entire unit around it? And I will say for this, I will give thanks to the other teachers who have created these robust units because this isn't in my wheelhouse to create them. I have found really great ones. I've purchased really great ones Mm -hmm. um, from other teachers. And usually it is based on a theme. So for example, the theme of immigration. And so you're showing different songs and um, give different perspectives to show, um, you know, I mean, they're basically short films. A lot of music videos, you know, for that couple minutes, you can, there's so many things you can do with them using them as a um, film and Mm -hmm. so many different things you could use, depending on if you're focusing on the lyrics or if you're focusing on more of the story or the cultural aspects that are included or themes. Yeah. That's that aspect of list, just listening to the song, but then also the visual, if there's a video that goes along with it. And I'm, I'm assuming that's where you're probably pulling a lot of the culture from is when you're watching the videos. Absolutely. I think that, I mean, our students now are so, so visual and they actually, it's kind of a good starter before you're doing it is playing a song without a video, um, just seeing kind of the emotions that that evokes or how they feel about it before actually seeing the video or then seeing if the video um, is what they would expect because um, I found students have a really hard time actually doing any audio now without a visual. They're mm-hmm. so visual um, that that can be kind of a new twist of just mm-hmm. um, doing things without seeing the video too. Yeah, that's one of those aspects of the the Gen Z student is because of technology, they're so visual. So you sort of have to have that that video to go along with it, it seems. Um, And you had also uh, mentioned using it as brain breaks. Have you found good songs that sort of use it to get students moving or singing along? How are you using them as brain breaks? Personally, my students have responded best to just dance videos. I think they Mm -hmm. are, um, I, the first school I taught it, they really liked, um, I mean, teaching Spanish, I would use authentic Zumba videos. I mean, these were real people, Zumba videos, and I had a lot of dancers at that school and they really liked those. Um, the next school, uh, the kids were a little less confident in their dance abilities, but they were, they, they liked just dance because it was something familiar to them. They'd played the game before. And so I'm just watching them on YouTube, not actually playing the game, um, and so they like that. It's a little more cartoonish. Um, you're just following along. And they have like the little things in the corner too that shows you the next move. Um, and so I have a huge playlist. Um, I actually have playlists um, in Spanish, French, English um, on my YouTube of just dance videos that you can pull up, um, preview to see if your group, these are ones I've used personally in high school. I know you know, everyone has a different comfort level, a different mm-hmm. culture. So you know, as always, preview Um, music videos and things before you show in class because just because it works for me it doesn't mean it might work for your school culture I have done march music brackets back to oh like I don't know 2014 um, doing lots of different brackets um, and I've also done them turning into them into the fall we've done because my students liked doing the spring one so much we started doing a fall bracket with one song from each spanish-speaking country and then the spring bracket as well with the 16 songs. And depending on the year, I've done different themes. Mm -hmm. Um, For example, one year, because it's March, I did all songs. I noticed too that in the Spanish songs, they were really highlighting men. There's a lot, you know, you look at the awards, it's all these male singers. And I was like, where are all the girls? Mm -hmm. And so we did just female songs. 
And where are you finding the music? Are you do you just love music? So you're listening all over the place, and I guess I'm sort of asking for you know teachers that are listening who might not know exactly where to go and find you know what the young kids are listening to these days. So where can you point us to? Okay, well, I'm not the young kids because I use YouTube, which the young kids are like, oh, who uses YouTube to find music? We need Spotify. And I think I'm the only person in the world who doesn't use Spotify. I still use YouTube. I like my playlists. I like that I can project them. I don't know. It, it all works for me as a teacher that I can have the playlist. I can show the video. Um, and so I think that's where it starts is I have all these ready-made playlists. So if anybody wants to start, look at what other teachers have kind of put together. and then. Also, then you just go by the suggestions. You know, what is, you know, they listen to you. They know what I like. And so they're like, ooh, your favorite artist put out a new song. Ooh, I better listen to that. That's at the top. Um, But also uh, taking suggestions, following other teachers on social media, other teacher groups. People are always posting about, ooh, check out this new song. You can always look at award lists. You can look up um, billboard for the country, like a certain country. Or so, for example, you can look up billboard Latino. Um, spoiler alert, a lot of those aren't appropriate for school, but you know, Mm -hmm. screen, um, you can also look up radio stations around the world. I think the biggest thing is just kind of seeking it out. And once you start, you realize what you like, then I think it's important to take a critical eye and see, are you representing all of the voices? And I realized that at first, you know, I was only, the students liked the pop. They liked a certain style of music. And so that's what we were listening to a lot. And I reflected on that that wasn't actually reflecting, uh, you know, the music. I wasn't showing the traditional music. I wasn't showing uh, different things. And so I think just also being intentional about making sure that it's not just the student, the music that the students want to listen to, but you want to include that, you know, music to help them grow, music to help them appreciate uh, different cultures, including older artists, you know, include the favorite songs from when you studied abroad, the favorite songs from you growing up in a different country. You know, you want to include the classics too, so they can see uh, the originals. Let's take like one song. So if you can kind of visualize one particular song you've used with a class that has been very useful and you know, let's sort of not necessarily a whole unit, but maybe it was one class you spent on a song. And can you talk us through what that class looks like? If I want to start using a song in my class tomorrow, like how do I start with it? What's involved with listening? How do I follow up with it? Sure. And so there's so many different things you can do with a song. And I think one of the biggest things to do is to mix it up. Um, I made the mistake early on was the activity that I like knew about from college and it was the clothes activity and, you know, beat it to death. And you're always, so that's when they're listening and there's blanks, which is really stressful. Like you're not enjoying the music. You're just listening for a certain word. And maybe if you're lucky, you get a word bank and you're just guessing, but you're not enjoying it. And so I would say, I mean, there's a place for everything, but just mix it up. And so that would be kind of a little, um, a, you know, just some advice. I think one of the biggest things too is I have tons of ideas of things you could do with a song, but once again, you don't want to do too much. You don't want them to be sick of it before they even listen to it. You know, there's so many different things you could do. So it's just picking what works for you, but also mixing it up each time. And this can also mean mixing it up for your different levels too, depending on the level of students and how much language uh, 
they have to work with. So for example, just before listening to any song, um, there's lots of things you could do. For example, we had talked about how you could just listen to the audio and maybe predict the video or draw what they think it's going to be about or draw something. You know, drawing is a really powerful thing while, um, you know, you're listening to music, um, you know, it's, you know, it could be calm, it could be relaxing. You're just drawing what you feel, what you see, what you think could be portrayed in the song. Um, there's other, or kind of on the opposite side, you could watch the video without sound and students could predict the lyrics or predict what is this song actually going to be about? Yeah, there's lots of different ways to kind of you could do that. Um, or things where you can do it as a reading activity. So students are reading the lyrics or maybe for novice students, they're just reading the chorus, just a little, or even just a little chunk of material that you think is comprehensible to them, that you think they're going to be able to get, you know, that this is kind of the core of what you're talking about. Or also, you know, you could introduce the target key vocabulary that they're going to need to be successful in this song as well. If you're wanting them to actually understand the words, because sometimes it's okay to just listen to music for fun. It doesn't have to be that they're translating and knowing every word of the song. Um, but if the goal is that you're doing something with that, you might need to introduce it that, um, you know, there's some slang or some target vocabulary that you're going to want to do before. So those are all activities of that you could do before. Not all of them at once, but pick and choose. I like that idea of pulling in the different communication modes because you think music, that's just interpretive listening, you know, but when you have the the written lyrics, now you're doing the interpretive reading. And then if you're speaking about it or writing about it, you know, so you can bring in the different modes around that. Um, so I would love to know uh, where you continue to get inspired uh, about using music in your classroom or inspired in general about your teaching? I think one of the biggest things for me, we talked about it before, but I think I've realized now just the power of your state um, language organizations. And so if you're not involved in yours, I just really recommend you reach out. That is an opportunity now as things, you know, maybe there are more, if you're comfortable with an in-person opportunity, it's your state or even your county, your local organizations. I think that those local connections are really you know, they're small but mighty. It's where you can uh, quite often, at least for here, people who teach in kind of a similar situation who might have, you know, for example, um, if you teach all of the preps, it isn't always as beneficial to meet with a group of people who only teach one level. And it's just different strategies and things they're using. So I think that's one of the biggest things is state world language organizations, um, but also um, connecting with teachers on social media, um, with Twitter on link chat. Um, that was my original kind of, um, professional development online. That was, you know, way before I had Instagram and all the other things. It was Twitter you know, Joshua knows that was the <laughs> original way that everybody was connecting and sharing resources and things. We're still connecting on Twitter. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I love the shout outs to the state language organizations. I often hear it when I'm having these conversations with teachers. You know, when I ask about their inspiration, I'll hear about the different state language associations uh, because so much great work goes on there. So thank you for mentioning your specific state there. So now this is the point in our conversation where I'd like to pull the teacher curtain back a little bit and get to know Allison a little better. And we're going to play this little game I call this or that. I'll give you two choices and you choose one. And if you want to say why, that's 
great. Don't feel like you need to. It's just fun to get a little insight into you. You up for it? I'm game. Let's go. Okay. So since we're talking about music and songs, I'll start with one that is involved with music. So a song comes on, you're fairly familiar with it. You're not exactly sure about it. Are you likely going to know the lyrics or can you fake it? I'm a faker. All the way faker. (laughs) Fake it till you make it. (laughs) I love that. I'm the worst with lyrics. (laughs) Sometimes I'll sing the lyrics wrong for 20 years and then I'll say them in front of someone and they'll be like, really? That's not the word at all. Absolutely. (laughs) And then I do until I do karaoke and I can see the words in front of me. and Oh, those are the words. Have you ever used uh, karaoke with students? I have. I have used karaoke. Yeah. Um, Do I, I enjoy it, that? You know, it depends. It's only, I would have to be a choice. Not only, yeah. you know, it, this is not something I would ever force anyone to do, but on those like fun mm-hmm. short days or in a choice advisory type of situation with, it could mm-hmm. work with certain kids. Okay. Another this or that. Uh, so when it comes to reading, Right now, if you're in the midst of reading something or the last thing you read, was it fiction or nonfiction? Oh, I read both. I'm actually a big reader. I've read over 50 mm-hmm. books this year, um, and mm. I'm currently reading historical fiction. Oh, but I do like nonfiction okay. as well. It just I, I mix it up. I would say more fiction right. than nonfiction, though. Usually mm-hmm. nonfiction audiobooks and mm-hmm. fiction paperback books. Oh. Is there a particular time period of historical fiction that you enjoy? I love it all. I, oh, okay. Yeah, all of it. <laughs> okay. And this last this or that, uh, it's vacation time. Are you going to actually take a vacation or are you going to do a staycation? Now, not COVID. Actual mm-hmm. vacation at a beach at, with a book in hand in the sun, buy some water. That would be my okay. ideal vacation. Okay, so you are you're on the beach with some historical fiction. Yep. And maybe you're listening to a song and if you don't know the lyrics, you're just going to fake it. Absolutely. <laughs> I have this total image of you right now <laughs> from those questions. That was awesome. So, uh with all these ideas about using music, probably some blog posts and things that you have about music and teachers would love to connect with you to see, you know, your playlists and other teachers that you're following. So, what's the best way that teachers can connect with you? Um uh, I am at Mis Clases Locas on pretty much all social media as well as on my website misclaseslocas.com. And there um, you can find links to my YouTube playlist, to um, already made music resources. If you already want slideshows that are ready to go for you, I have lots of resources I'll put together for you there. So I really appreciate your time today and inspiring us to use music in our classrooms and to look at it in some different ways. And before we say our goodbyes, uh, could you maybe leave us with one good piece of advice about using music in our classrooms? Uh, I would say, as with everything, just do what works best for you and what makes you happy in the classroom. It doesn't have to be, uh, you know, don't try and be somebody else. If it doesn't work for you, do what works for you and what makes you and your students and your classroom experience successful. Thank you so very much for spending this time with us today. Thank you so much for having me. What did you take away from that conversation with Allison Weinhold? 
there are certainly many different ways to use music, and I personally always appreciate the reminder to keep culturally appropriate representation in mind. Be sure to check out the show notes to connect with Allison. You'll also see a link to sign up for Talking Points, my weekly newsletter with tips and resources for language teaching. Talk to you soon. Bye for now. You've been listening to the World Language Classroom Podcast. Be sure to follow or subscribe wherever you're listening so you don't miss a single episode. Let's continue the conversation on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at WL Classroom. You can also see over 250 blog posts about language teaching at, you guessed it, wlclassroom.com.